Hi, Jess. Hi, Kat. <laughs> Sorry, I was so excited. I was like, who's going to talk first? <laughs> Me. Me. I'll talk first. Okay. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It was very hot on my run today. I sent you Snapchats of my dripping face um, full of sweat. That was fun. It was like, I think with the humidity, it was like 105. It, without humidity, without heat index, it's 102. Like, it's just 102 flat here, which probably means it feels like 110. And there is no running outside right now. I remember. Yeah. I remember summers in Dallas, it was literally like you walk outside and it's an oven. You're in an oven. Yeah, you basically feel like you're on fire. Yeah, internally. (laughs) I saw something and it was like, you know why people from Texas are so nice? It's because they know what hell feels like and they don't want to go back. That's true. That's true. Florida's just a whole different kind of hell with the humidity. (laughs) And alligators. Or is it crocodiles? Yeah, alligators. alligators. And there's snakes and... I hate snakes. I can't. Just a jungle layer in Florida. It literally is wild. <laughs> wildlife. Wildlife. Um, so why are we staying inside? Besides the heat. Today, the reason to stay inside is because of the dating game killer. Oh, I hate this. Um, <laughs> I'm already out. Yes. I'm already <laughs> out. Um, so I'm actually going to start this one not necessarily like going through his background. He was born in Texas, moved to Mexico, moved to LA, was in the military, dad abandoned him. Quick snapshot, bing, bing, pow. And here we are. So let's start this episode kind of in the middle of this story. So the middle being September of 1978, there was a brunette woman named Cheryl Bradshaw. This lady was kind of being like the bachelorette of a dating game show called The Dating Game. Like that's like what it's called. Um, The show consisted of asking a few questions to three men. And at the end, basically you like pick one and that's your date like basically speed dating behind a frosted like glass wall kind of thing i think so uh sorry to interrupt but i think i've seen videos on tiktok of like people doing that now currently where they're like blindfolded and they talk to each other yeah and it's like to see if they would be compatible like a modern day like a modern day dating game yeah wow yeah but i've seen i've seen the old videos too yeah. It's super So, creepy. and then, like, you're not even, like, going by name. You're basically, like, contestant number one. Yeah. Contestant number two. And then you pick yeah. the one that you feel most compatible with, right? Yes. Yeah. So, this is in the 70s. So, they're trying to, like, move away from being, like, just dating and trying to be, like, racy, kind of. And so, contestant number one is saying, like, the racier, more funny, like, suave answers, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So basically, he's the audience favorite um, because of his, again, su- suave and sexy answers. 
Uh, he was dressed really nice, like in bell-bottom suit, LOL, at the <laughs> 70s. What a throwback. Um, and, right. <laughs> and uh, on the show, they, like, described him as a successful photographer. Like, totally seems legit. Mm-hmm. So after, you know, the line of questioning, um, Cheryl Bradshaw is like, okay, yeah, like, I picked contestant number one. Let's go on a date. So she meets him. And the next day, she lets producers know that she did not decide to go on a date with him simply because of the, like, very creepy vibes that she got from him. Oh, no. And this man's name was Rodney Akala. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) Right. I know. Just like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like, immediately. Okay. Uh, So no one at that time had known that Rodney had actually been a man that just 10 years prior in 1968 had lured an eight-year-old girl into his apartment. Like she was just walking to school, lured her into his apartment. And thankfully a bystander like saw this happen and immediately called the police and was like, Hey, this is sus. Like Mm -hmm. get over here and check, check this out. Thankfully, the police showed up to the apartment shortly after, knocked on the door, and, you know, like, demanded to be, like, let in. Rodney basically responded, like, hold on, like, let me, let me throw some clothes on really quick. And so he gives him, like, one, two, three, like, a count of, to, like, ten, I guess, I don't know, and busts down the door. As soon as they bust down the door, they find Tally Shapiro on the ground. Oh, no. Like, a terrible scene. She's on the ground, but she's alive. Okay. She was raped and badly beaten (sighs) with a metal bar. (laughs) Knowing that police would be there assisting Tally, he was actually able to get away. Of course. Yeah, he just, like, slipped out. Like, okay. He obviously, after this... Left the state, wanted to start fresh because um, you're wanted, sir. Yeah. <laughs> changed his name to <laughs> changed his name to John Berger. Okay. Like he's he just like slipped to a new state and like, started hey, calling himself a new name. I'm John. The right. most common name known to man. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so he, like I said, starts a new life. He even. This is so crazy to me that this just, like, happens. But he started to work as a school counselor for an all-girls camp in New Hampshire. Stop. Like, shows up. Hi, I'm a counselor. My name's John Berger, and I want to work at this all-girls camp. Like, Zero what? background And they're like, yeah, check. that's totally fine. What? Shout out to, right. you know, life now. <laughs> because everyone gets a background check. Right. right. Especially when you're working with kids. Especially working with kids. Right. So in the early months of 1971, this is when Akala was officially put on the top 10 most wanted list. Damn. For, for the rape and assault of. Mm-hmm. Good. Tally. He should be. Right. Right. And like, how do you just flee the scene like that? Like, what? So he's on the most wanted list. This actually leads to his arrest. Because some of the girls that were at that camp happened to go to, like, the local post office one day and saw his picture on the Most Wanted ad. And they said, I know who that is. Like, that's, that's my counselor. Oh, my God. Like, how do you, 
Yeah. Well, and like that's even crazy because like that's obviously somebody you like sat there and like trusted. No, it's crazy. And then I've heard I've heard a lot of um, like podcasts about Rodney, and I haven't heard this about him being a counselor. So that's wild. That's new news to me. (laughs) Yeah, working with kids. Yeah, like being allowed to work with kids. By the time he was arrested, Tally and her family had actually relocated to Mexico just to like wash their hands of this entire thing like almost lost my kids they moved to mexico and basically told that they like did not want to come back and you know press charges like no Mm -hmm. we're not going to be there for a trial we just won't we're not going to re-traumatize our daughter yeah fair but that sucks right because there's no sad but yeah yeah so without tally there to testify the charges went from rape and attempted murder to child molestation because they didn't want, Ugh. they couldn't make a solid case against him. Dang. So for a two-year sentence that he got, he served a total of 17 months. No. For nearly killing an eight-year-old girl. Ugh. Right. But don't worry. As soon as he got out, those 17 months ended... Two months after that, he was arrested again for assaulting a 13-year-old girl that apparently was just going to give her a ride to school. Again, only serving two years. So he just keeps getting away and repeating. Yeah, and he, like, the reason, he gives Ted Bundy vibes. Yes. Very, like, you know, I'm I'm a very nice, trustworthy-looking man. Like, I don't seem crazy. But, like, you get in my car and You're done. you'll regret, regret it for the rest of whatever your life may be. Yeah. Nope. Don't trust anybody that's smooth talking. Right. I don't know. So, <laughs> it makes me think of that Hannah Montana song. Oh, my gosh. I, that literally popped in my head as I said smooth talking. <laughs> In the year 1977, Rodney had basically convinced a whole bunch of people um, that he was a professional photographer and was able to just kind of freely take pictures of people, some being explicit and some being, I mean, just like mundane, normal pictures, you know, again, just kind of convincing people that, hey, like, I'm a professional photographer. I need this for my portfolio. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. All in all, weird. Mm -hmm. During this time, he was actually interviewed by a team that had been uh, put together because they were looking for the hillside strangler. Um, obviously, they they didn't pursue anything, um, but they did question him simply because he was a sex offender in the same area. That's so wild. Like, you questioned a serial killer and didn't get the serial killer because he wasn't. He wasn't the one that you were looking killer. for. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so crazy. Right. So he's yeah, he's definitely on people's radar. Like people know. Okay, like you're you're no good news. Yeah. Like And this was this was this before he actually went on the dating game? So this was right. So actually my next sentence says this leads us to the appearance on the dating show. So it was right before. So he's literally like you said like Bundy. He's just like getting all cocky and like no one's going to catch me. I'm going to go on national television and see how far I can get with that. Yeah, like what? Like, you want to send me to jail for two years? All right. 
that's a slap on the wrist for what he deserves. I know. Truly. Yeah. This leads us to his appearance on the dating show. After Rodney had been selected as the winner and Bradshaw told him basically that she did not want to go on a date with him. Some people speculate that this rejection really got to him and kind of accelerated his killings, like hurt his feelings in a way of like, well, now I have to kill more or something. Oh, my God. Um, just because of the like super public rejection. Not that it was on TV, like, you know, on right. the show, it was all honky dory, but nothing ever actually came of it. And so wow. I think that was, you know, yeah, she, quite a bit of I mean, she got so lucky that she was able to say no and get away right yeah how fortunate does she must feel now yeah that she didn't go through with it i mean people follow your gut if you feel like right. something's off just run <laughs> right <laughs> what yeah like no if, you, if your gut is telling you not to do something nine times out of ten it's gonna be right mm-hmm. and then that one time that it's not right that's fine you just missed out on on a date it's fine. right no worries Right, it's a date. (laughs) In June of 1979, so just nine months after he had his appearance on the show, 12-year-old girl Robin Samso disappeared by Huntington Beach, California, and was found 12 days later after she had gone missing. While the investigation was underway, they talked with her friends, and they had done a very good job of creating um, a sketch, like, you know, like a eyewitness sketch kind of thing, because they said that there had been a man there that had asked to take their picture. Okay. And they, you know, police were like, what does he look like? Like, mm-hmm. let's get a sketch of this guy. And it looked exactly like Rodney. Oh, shit. Good. Like, identical. Good. Right. Um, so once this got to a college parole officer... He obviously, he was like, that's Rodney. Like, there's no way it's not Rodney. Akala initially said that it was not him. Like, he had not been near Huntington Beach. It couldn't have been him. Like, he's innocent. Well, he's a liar and a sociopath. Well, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You're killing little girls. Yeah. (laughs) So, at that time, he was living with his mother. And when the police came and did a full, like, thorough search of the house, they found, happened to find a receipt of a storage locker that, Akala had in Seattle, Washington. Okay. Like, you're in California, and you have a Seattle, Washington storage unit. Mm -hmm. That's sus. That's very sus. So, obviously, going to investigate the sus space. That's what I want to call it. The sus space. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like it. So, once they got there, they found just mounds of pictures of little girls of little boys oh my god again the with the both explicit and mundane like kind of in a range of like a normal picture to like gross posed pictures oh my god in this space they also found a sack that had a collection of earrings in it um so he was i know that we don't yeah like a little trophy which is usually a pattern of serial killers Mm -hmm. they like keep like a little trophy for themselves and i guess for akala it was the earrings i hate that yeah me too in there there were gold ball earrings that were identified by robin's mother so like basically checkmate yeah you have her earrings bro like idiot right in july of 79 he was held uh, without bail and was later sentenced to death. Good. 
Right. You would think so. Oh, no. Nope. This verdict was actually overturned by the California Supreme Court on the account of the jurors did not have all the information included um, from his past sex crimes that he had against him previously. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Almost a decade later, a second trial led to another death sentence. Okay. Did this one stay? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this, too, was overturned in 2001 because no. a witness was not allowed to support a cause argument that the park ranger who found Samso's body had been, quote, hypnotized by police investigators. Excuse me, what? Yeah, so, like, basically, like, they, the California Supreme Court was like, well, it just wasn't fair. So, again, gets away from the death sentence for a second time. Luckily, like, he's in jail this whole time, but mm. still. This man deserves to die. Sorry, but not sorry. Mm. So, the only bright thing here um, to all of this, I guess, is that with being in this system for decades, they're able to collect a call as DNA and test it against cold cases. So, like, you know, oh. technology kind of evolves and, like, hey, buddy, you couldn't have seen this coming in, like, you know, 30 years, but here it is. Mm-hmm. So, in 2003, they did test his DNA against semen found at two rape and murder cases for women found in L.A. And then later in 2004, found that he had been a part of an additional four murders of women that had been found. So, like, it went from just, like, bad to really bad because of DNA. Holy shit. So that's an additional six women. Wow. Right. Also, like, a weird fact that when these women were found in L.A., their bodies were found, like, posed. No. So... I mean, if you're saying you're a photographer, you probably, like, pose people every day. hmm So, they were posed. I don't like Like, it. a very specific way. I don't like it. I don't it. like it either. So, at the third trial, again, one, two, three, third trial, the court, like, um, basically, like, the state against him, right, wanted to add the additional four murder charges against Akala that they had found. So, hey, I know you already have this guy on death row or, you know, whatever, but let's add these to his sentence. And they're like, let's add this to his sentence. And obviously, Akala's lawyers tried to get around this, but in 2010, the court said that they would allow for the four additional murders to be part of the trial um, and were part of his charges. Good. Right. Um, This trial went very differently than the last two, though. Um, Hold on to your seat. So this time, he decided that he was going to be his own attorney. Shut up. That is exactly like Ted Bundy. Right. Like, seriously was like, I'm so good. I can do this myself. Oh, my God. Re-traumatizes basically everybody involved because he gets to question them. Even goes on and, like, questions himself using different tones and referring to himself as Mr. Akala. Excuse me? (laughs) Right. So, cross-examining himself. Like, imagine how absolutely bizarre. I cannot even... No. Uh, Right. 
That's hilarious. Um, so after, right. <laughs> after closing arguments, just two very short days later, the jury came back with their verdict. He was sentenced to death for a third and final time. Yes. For a cir- full circle moment here, because I love those, full circle moment, Tally Shapiro was actually there for sentencing. Good. So, like, his first known victim, yeah, she was actually there um, and was able to see justice finally be served to this man that basically just changed her life for the worst. Ah, good. But this part, I don't like. What? So, though Akala was sentenced to death, he actually got to die of natural causes in jail in California. Mm-hmm. July 24th, 2021, at the age of 77, and was never actually put to death. Natural causes? Mm-hmm. God damn it. So, in a total, eight murders, even though they don't actually know right. how many murders there really were. That's crazy. But that sure as hell makes me want to stay inside. Uh, Yeah. And that's Rodney Kala, the dating game killer. Don't like him. No, not a fan. I hope he's <laughs> burning in hell. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. If you guys want to email us, send us any personal stories or suggestions or anything, email us at stayinsidepod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at stayinsidepodcast. Follow us on Twitter at stayinsidepodcast pod and uh we hope you guys lock those windows lock those doors and stay inside and keep listening to our podcast well of course we're here to keep you company while you're inside definitely while you're inside (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks guys okay bye bye